0: Good morning. It's wonderful to see you. Let's stand up and sing together. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
1: O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. And mourn to lonely exile here until the Son of God Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to the O Israel,
2: Shall come to thee, o Israel. Good morning, it's so great to
0: have you here Worshiping with us this morning We are now into the wonderful season of Advent So we're going to sing some Christmas carols and songs um, This first one Very familiar angels we have heard on high. Let's sing this together. Oh. you. This next one may not be as familiar to you. We did this last year in our Christmas concert. It's called It Came to Pass, but it tells a wonderful story of Jesus' birth. So let's sing this together. The words will be on the screen.
2: Everyone packed up and headed back to their hometown. And Joseph bump from Galilee to Bethlehem was found. with his fiance when her pregnancy began to show he planned to go away when it came to pass that in a dream an angel of the lord said joseph don't you be afraid to marry mary for the little baby in her womb it is the holy spirit's word Though you may have read, the prophet said a virgin would give birth. So it came to pass that Joseph was the noblest of men, with the woman on a donkey on their way to Bethlehem. child would bring a kingdom And the old would come to, come to come. pass away Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Yes, it came to pass that Joseph was The noblest of men With a woman on a donkey on their way to Bethlehem, yeah, yeah. Ooh.
3: We invite the children to come forward to join us for a few moments, and you, the rest of you, turn and greet your neighbors.
0: you this morning about something called waiting. Have you ever had to wait on something? Have you ever had to wait a long time for something? Yes. I've I've had, I'm going to hold it just a second. I've had to wait a long time. Yeah, you have to wait every year for something for a long time. In this book right here, it's called Oh, the Places You'll Go. Ryan, you want to get close? Okay, well I'm going to have to see the word. There's a whole page in this book about waiting. A whole page in this book about waiting. I want you to look at these crazy pictures for a second. Dr. Seuss has some crazy pictures and crazy rhymes. But in this book, there's a whole room for people that wait. People just waiting. Waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow. Waiting around for yes or no. Waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone was just waiting sometimes you can get really bored when you're waiting, can't you? Um, Have you ever had to go to the doctor's office and wait and wait and wait to see the doctor? Or have you ever had to wait in the line somewhere maybe to buy something? Sometimes it's really boring when we wait, but if we make the best use of our time, Sometimes we can get a lot done while we're waiting. Sometimes if we maybe make a list of the things that we need to do for the rest of the day. Or sometimes we can read a book while we wait. Or sometimes maybe we can call a friend and, and chat and, and while we wait. But one of the best things that we can do while we wait is we can pray. And we can think about God. And we can think about all the wonderful things that he's given us. And all the good things that we can do for him in the future while we wait. Now this, this is a new season. Do you see these candles up here? And maybe you might have some Christmas stuff up at your house, or you've seen a lot of Christmas things. Well, this is in, in our church, and our we call it the season of Advent. Now, Advent means to come. Who is coming at Christmas? Who was born? Jesus. That's right, Jesus. So Jesus was coming; he was born. So Advent means to come, but they had to wait on him, right? Sometimes it's hard to wait for Christmas, isn't it? We're all ready for Christmas to come, and we have to wait like a whole month, right, for Christmas to come. So it's hard to wait, but while we're waiting, we can prepare our hearts for the real reason of Christmas, and we can get ourselves ready so we can prepare for the coming of the Savior. One of the things also that the Bible says is that Jesus will return again, that one day, maybe even in our lifetime, we will get to see him on earth again, but we have to wait for that. But we don't need to just sit and wait and be bored. We need to be ready. We need to prepare our hearts and our minds for the coming of Christ. Okay? So next time you're waiting, why don't you try to do something important while you wait? Maybe you can make a list or you can sing a song or you can read a book or you can pray and prepare your heart for Jesus. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the season of Advent. Help us to prepare for your coming. Amen. Thanks. Good job. Mm-hmm.
3: That was Kelly, not Katie. I think you got next week, Katie. You got December, so Andy says he uh, apologizes for that switch. <laughs> Good to see everybody here today Um, with our gathering together comes opportunities for us to pray together about concerns that you might have so we invite you to um, to share any concerns by raising your hand and we will give you uh, an index card so that you can write something down that you don't mind me repeating Um, and then We will collect those in a few moments and share your prayer concern with the rest of us. And join, most importantly, we will together share it with our our Lord. Um, Announcements for Sunday. Children, join us tonight from 5.30 to seven for choir, mission kids, and Bible study. Children are reminded to meet Miss Jessica in the sanctuary tonight for choir instead of in the social hall. Miss Katie will be in the regular Sunday night classroom. A reminder to everyone, our children's choirs present their Christmas musicals next Sunday, December the 4th, during the 11 o'clock hour uh, at the traditional service. Please join us as our children lead us in kicking off the Christmas season. Please take a few minutes to view and complete our Family Life and Volunteer Request Survey on the church website. Hard copies of the survey are available in all the adult Sunday school classrooms. We need your help as we wrap up 2011 and look ahead to 2012. Uh, We are excited to hear your feedback. The survey will run for the remainder of the month of November. If you were absent last week and um, unable to uh, be here for filling out a pledge card or a commitment card or a goal-setting card, however you want to think of it, uh, we do have some extra cards here at the back table, and we invite you to set yourself a goal um, and uh, to fill out a pledge card just helps our church to know how to plan, how much to try to do if we know, if we can anticipate what you uh, plan to give. Um, We are always mindful that your situation might change, and you might inherit a million dollars, and in that case, we will let you change your pledge. And there are other occasions that might make it necessary for you to... uh, to change the pledge, and that's understandable as well. Just help us with uh, uh, an estimate so we can know what to do. We're, this year's flying by, the Praise Band will be having their annual Christmas concert on Saturday the 17th. (laughs) Thank you for that whoop whoop. Uh, And we hope that you'll be here, that's at seven o'clock hope that you'll be here for that we we have enjoyed these years of putting on these concerts and uh get to where we're kind of halfway relaxed about it now so anyway that's on the 17th at 7 pm the week before that which would be the 11th of december the adult choir is putting on their special music program at the 11 o'clock service so there are many wonderful opportunities that uh, uh, you have for music and special events and worship this Advent season. If you're ready with your index card, you? yeah, that's what it is, an index card. Uh, hold it up and our ushers will collect them. I do have a bit of business to attend to first. First, let me play a clip. The
0: thing is I'm
1: so thankful that Arthur is not here today to come up with some half-baked
3: joke about what I'm going to say. Rochelle had a wonderful, (coughs) wonderful stewardship moment two weeks ago when I was out of town. We, in fact, had loads of wonderful speakers that Bill lined up and the Finance Committee. But uh, if this had been a contest, I think Rochelle would have won the contest by a nose. I think some of you remember she talked about the fact that she was the custodian of her son's nasty nose. I tell you what, when I heard it, I laughed so hard that tears ran down both legs. (laughs) gotta think about that. (laughs) I thought Rochelle's speech would have been about NC State football, but it was snot. Instead, she told about her son Ryan, and he is a cute little booger, In fact, she told us all about the little boogers boogers. Apparently, Ryan has been made upside down because his feet smell and his nose runs. We thank you very much. Was that the kind of thing you were writing? (laughs) Oh, mercy. If we can, after that, let us pray. (laughs) We do thank you, Lord, for your presence with us, and we often experience you in laughter, and we celebrate that. We thank you for the gift of joy and peace that especially is ours during this wonderful season in which you gave Jesus to us. And these are special prayers for this day. Some, I'm sure, are still in the hearts of people seated there with, we're thankful you read our lips and our hearts and our minds but these are those that have been shared with us today. We pray for a family who is traveling home tomorrow and for a friend who is struggling to find work. We pray for a troubled marriage uh, of a family. Uh, Please bring them closer to you, Jesus. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray for the Edwards family and for Wade Connett. We pray for a cousin with brain tumor. We pray for comfort. We pray for Don Spearman for his upcoming foot surgery. For brother Michael who is fighting an internal infection and for family and friends seeking jobs. For healing for Pat Smith and Martha Gibson. And we pray for a best friend experiencing pain and for the diagnostic test. We pray for relief of the pain and a positive outcome from the test. Lord, these are our prayers through Jesus Christ who has taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This time let us uh, celebrate the coming of the season and the marking of the Sundays by uh, lighting the first advent wreath and we uh, call on Eric and Katie Dobson, I mean Jeter, to come and share this time with us.
0: Sea darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isaiah 62-3 We light this candle as a symbol of Christ, our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
3: Scripture for today is from Mark. Ah, the King is Coming is the title. Mark 13, 24 through 37. <clears throat> but in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, nor, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Here ends the lesson. It is such a joy to be the father of two grown children and to have one of these things at works. Ah, here we are. <clears throat> Two grown children who like to call their parents on the phone from time to time for advice. I just can't figure out why those phone conversations usually end by them saying, I think I'd better talk to mom about this. I mean like the other day, Hillary called and I knew that I could share some words of wisdom and encouragement on her current situation. But when I did, she said, that's not what I needed to hear right now, Daddy. Put Mama back on the phone. My good news was not heard to be such good news at that moment. And that's the way it is with the words of Jesus. Usually when we hear these words of Jesus about the second coming, we tend to think about that as, as uh, scary news. Oh, it's not working. I'll just do you that way. Um, we think about the events leading up to his return and it sounds like bad news when Jesus actually intended those words to be words of encouragement. It's almost like we're children who wake up in the middle of the night with a nightmare and cry out to the Lord And he calms us down, or so he thinks, by telling us a story about how he's defeated that monster living under our bed right then. And that's supposed to help us get back to sleep. Lord, that's not what we need to hear right now. Mark was the first of the Gospels to be written down some 30 years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Um... It was about the same time that the Jews rebelled against the Romans and started a war that led to their total defeat, the demolition of their temple in Jerusalem, and the banishment of all Jews from the Holy Land for almost 1900 years. Because of the close association between Christians and Jews, this also encouraged the persecution of Christians that had already started but continued on for several hundred more years. Now Jesus had well known what the outcome of this conflict would be. Certainly it didn't take a rocket scientist to know what would happen to the relatively few fighters in Jerusalem if they attacked the Roman army. Mark recorded Jesus's words during those dark days to encourage Christians not to participate in that war, nor should they expect this war to result in the coming of Jesus back to earth. That's not how God's kingdom is going to come, Jesus was saying. Instead, even at the darkest of hours, even if the days become as dark as Isaiah predicted, that the sun and the moon would be darkened and the stars would fall from the sky, even then have faith and look up because God will eventually send the king back and the king will gather up his people from all over the earth and even from heaven. And even though it might seem to everybody that the followers of Jesus have been forgotten and scattered to the four winds, the angels will make sure that they all are gathered together to meet with Jesus on the day of his return. That's how the kingdom will come. Jesus said and I think this is probably some good news for us to remember uh, because you and I tend to put a lot of hopes on political events happening in our world and I do believe that our world is moving little by little away from violence and warfare from totalitarian governments toward freedom and democracy everywhere but our efforts alone are not going to bring back The kingdom of God or to bring in the kingdom of God and bring Jesus back. I have celebrated in my lifetime the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1989, I believe it was. I tried to get my children to sit down and watch the rock, the Great Wall fall. They were more interested in playing with Legos and building walls. Even China has moved away from state-owned everything to private ownership. But these changes don't signal the coming of the kingdom of God. I just love American politics. Someone has said that the word politics comes from two words being joined together. Poly meaning many and ticks meaning blood-sucking parasites. (laughs) Roosevelt gave us the Social Security. Johnson gave us Medicare. But the kingdom of God still hasn't come. Nixon opened the door to China and Reagan won the Cold War. But the kingdom of God did not come. As I look ahead to 2012, I don't see anybody running in either party who will bring in God's kingdom here on earth. And I certainly don't put any credence in the Mayan calendar that some say predict an end of the world in about one year. We've already had two predictions this year year that didn't work. It's a great thing to work together to try to make our community and our world a better place. Even while we are confident that Jesus will be the one who someday will return to bring the kingdom in its fullness to us. (laughs) Then there's the matter of the timing of the coming of Jesus. Apparently the early church got their timetable all wrong. David Ewart of the United Church of Canada says in verses 30 and 31, Jesus gives us his word of honor and makes an oath that all these things will happen within the lifetimes of this generation. This promise would later give rise to the church's first faith crisis as this generation did begin to pass away and yet the Son of Man did not return. Ewart adds that Jesus said, only the Father knows the day and the hour when these things will happen, but even then the followers of Jesus would have understood Jesus to be saying, no one knows when during our lifetimes all this will happen. I join Ewart in asking, what then are we to make of these words of Jesus or at a minimum, the words that are recorded as being Jesus's words in the Bible. Some answer this by saying that Jesus admitted that he didn't know when the end would come, that only the Father knew this, and therefore Jesus's assertion that it would come in the lifetime of that generation only serves to prove his point. No one knows. And if Jesus didn't know, why have so many people thought that they could figure it out. Fred Craddock, retired preacher of preaching down at Emory, wonders if people are obsessed with the second coming of Jesus because deep down they're disappointed with the first coming. Disappointed that instead of taking command and charge of this world, Jesus chose instead to go down to the Bowery and make friends of pe- with people who were on the margins of society. To hug lepers. To forgive an adulteress. To tell a story about a great banquet in heaven that God was preparing for all people who would be welcomed into God's feast. Maybe when Jesus comes a second time, he won't disappoint us. So let's be on the lookout for the Antichrist so that we will know for sure when Jesus is coming, says Craddock. Did you know that there is a website where you can take a quiz to see who among our prominent figures in the world have been thought of during our lifetimes to be the Antichrist? Some people were sure that it was going to be Mikhail Gorbachev because of that strange mark on his forehead that kept getting bigger and bigger the more power he got. Some said there's the mark of the beast." Others oh, I got some slides here. I keep forgetting. Another one. There he is. There he is. Another slide. Some thought it would be Ronald Wilson Reagan, believe it or not, because each of his three names have six letters, 666 and another one. Some thought it was John F. Kennedy because he received 666 votes at the 1956 Democratic Convention. Lutheran pastor Todd Weir wonders if we could find a better use of our time. What if all the time, energy, and money were spent on loving others and making the world a better place rather than trying to figure out who was the Antichrist when most scholars say it was Nero in the first century anyway. Good question. Maybe Jesus was talking about two separate things. One thing coming to pass during his generation and another thing coming at a time that only God knows. The chapter begins with the disciples enjoying a visit to the temple with all of its beauty and magnificence and meaning. Jesus brings the disciples back down to earth by saying, this temple is going to be destroyed soon when they want to know then jesus relates the list of things that happened within the lifetime of the early church others came claiming to be the christ there were wars and rumors of wars earthquakes famines persecutions arrests and trials there was the profaning of the temple the need to flee to the mountains for safety and finally the siege of the city of jerusalem and the destruction of the temple Those things did happen before that generation passed away. The coming of this war with Rome would be as obvious as summer following on the heels of sprouts coming out on trees, Jesus said. What didn't happen was the return of Christ. Perhaps that part of Jesus' answer to his disciples, that part that only God knows about, the exact time of the end, is yet to be fulfilled. Jesus ends his conversation with his disciples by telling them a story about a man who went on a journey, leaving his servants in charge of everything. One servant was specifically given the job of being the watchman, but they were all ter- told to be on guard, to watch for the master's return. Then Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to everyone, Watch. Other translations say it this way, be alert, keep awake. Those words have also been used to to scare people half to death as it's made people wonder what will happen to me if I don't keep up a constant vigil looking for Christ's return. Again, I think that Jesus intended his words to be words of comfort and encouragement Keeping awake and being spiritually alert means to live in a state of awareness that Christ is already here with us and will come in his fullness one day. God's kingdom is already here among us in our hearts now if we follow his will and way. We can live as if Jesus has already come back. The servants of that traveling master were to live that way in the awareness that although their master was physically absent from them, he was still very much with them, providing everything they needed for daily life, calling them to acts of service in their home there. They were to live as if the master had already returned, as if he was already back, and so are we. Being awake is to be aware that we're always in God's presence and that we view our lives as God views them, full of hope and possibilities as we grow through our times of suffering and become whole human beings. We can live in God's presence now. We can live in the kingdom of God now. Sometimes, you know, we need something to jolt us a little bit, awake, to the place that we remember something that it reminds us what's truly important in life. People enjoy asking one another, what would you do if you learned you only had a day to live? Tim McGraw sang a song about living like you were dying, about a man who was diagnosed with terminal cancer when he was in his 40s, early 40s, staring death in the face made him come to some important decisions about how he was going to live what was left of his life and as a result he said he went skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing and I loved deeper and I spoke sweeter. I gave forgiveness that I had been denying. I was finally the husband that most of the time I wasn't. I became a friend that a friend would like to have. I finally read the good book, and I took a long, hard look at what I would do if I could do it all again. Someday, he says, I hope you get the chance to live like you're dying. In saying to us, watch, Jesus was saying, don't wait any longer. Go ahead and do those things that you would do. If you knew you were dying, put those things of importance in your life now. Live in God's kingdom now and watch in hope for that day when the king comes. Amen. Let us stand together and uh, affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. You may be seated and let us worship God as we receive our morning offering.
4: He laid aside his crown He left his royal throne A savior born for man And the choice was his own The shepherds came to wonder baby born so low the wise men a humble man just the way his life began a healer, a preacher God's holy lamb a prophet, a teacher the great
1: And lost born in a stable nailed to the cross
4: from heaven to a manger from the manger to a tree from the tree back to heaven he did it Choice was his own
0: Let's stand and sing together.
1: The personal wealth the angels did say was the certain portion virgin fields as they lay. No.
3: go forth from here to live in anticipation, in watching, and in waiting for Jesus to bring the kingdom home to us, amen.
1: Christmas.